0: Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC. Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer who has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary is the author of two outstanding books, The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at questions at optex.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website optex.com. And now here's Gary Smith.
1: Good morning. Happy Saturday, everyone. Cold, cold morning out there. So I hope you're, uh, you're all staying inside today. And uh, unless you're one of those people who are really into the winter sports type of thing, but uh, I'll tell you what—I uh, till I got the car warmed up this morning, it was uh, was mighty chilly on the drive into the studio. But welcome to the Gary Smith Show. Great to have you along for the ride today. Uh, as usual, we've got a great show lined up for you today, and uh, we're going to dive into that in in just a minute. Last week we weren't uh, we weren't here, and we actually played a uh, uh, an old show. Uh, from back, I think it was in May of uh, of last year with Stephanie Callahan, where Stephanie and you know, I was the first uh, first show that Stephanie and I had done together. Uh, Stephanie uh, lives out in Illinois, and she is a uh, as a business consultant and coach out there, and uh, we did a show on. Uh, on visibility blocks and how to remove how to recognize and remove your limiting beliefs and that was a really really great show so we replayed that for you last week Uh, but today you're going to get another chance uh, to spend some time uh, listening to stephanie we're going to talk about a completely different uh, uh, aspect of business today and that is the the concept of joint ventures and some of you may be reaching to shut the radio off, but please don't do that. You want to listen to this because uh, joint ventures, I think, a lot of times people look at as being uh, as being you know agreements between businesses that get a lot of lawyers involved and things like that. But they don't have to be that way. So if you are a business owner and you're looking for ways to expand your business and expand your your reach and your influence, or maybe if you're actually just thinking about starting a business uh, or thinking of doing something on your own. Or here's a novel concept. If you happen to be involved in the church, uh, how can you potentially use things like joint ventures with other people and other organizations? Now, joint ventures doesn't necessarily mean that money has to change hands or anything like that, but how can you use things like joint ventures in order to be able to accomplish your goals and expand your influence? That's what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, Stephanie has uh, has become a, a really really good friend. She's an excellent business person, as you'll see when you are, as you'll hear rather when you listen to her. She's got a lot of energy. She's got a great deal of knowledge to share, and she's uh, she's just really a fantastic woman. Uh, Stephanie is. Uh, she is head of a company called Callahan Solutions, and she is the business vision catalyst. And she's known for fast transformations that she facilitates with her clients through working at the intersection of the head and the heart. And that's really, really powerful in business today to have someone um, who can do both—you know, both deal with the heart issues uh, of business owners and their employees, but also deal with the logistics issues. You know, she works with busy, purpose-driven entrepreneurs to help them own their brilliance, leverage their businesses, and get their message out with power, ease, and joy so they can make a powerful, positive difference in the world, exponentially, up, up, yeah, exponentially up-level their profits, shift their mindset towards possibility, and take a no-excuses approach to boldly creating a highly successful and meaningful business built around who they are. With her unique combination of right brain and left brain thinking, intuitive insight, passion, results-based coaching, powerful questioning, and strategic, systematizing magic, in record time, her clients dance with joy as their (laughs) visions become reality in their business. And isn't that what it's all about? We not only want to be able to be successful at business, but we want to have a lot of fun doing what we do. We want to have joy. In, in what we do. Uh, Guy Rice Dowd, a fellow who was teacher, national teacher of the year probably about 15 years ago, wrote a book called Joy in the Journey. And that's what it's all about, at least it is for me, and I hope it is for you too, that it's about being joyful through life, being joyful in your business, really having a lot of fun with what you do as well as enjoying success along the way. So keep that in mind as you listen to what Stephanie has. So we're going to jump right in uh, to our first segment with Stephanie uh, as we begin our conversation about joint ventures. Okay, so today we have a a really interesting and different topic. We're going to be talking with Stephanie Callahan about joint ventures and strategic partnering. And that's something uh, I'm really interested in getting into. It's a, it's a, maybe a little bit of a deeper dive than we normally do in some of our shows, but I think it's a really uh, interesting topic because when you when you look at the number of businesses today that are that are looking to grow through uh, through ventures with other companies and you know, and. Pulling in new partners and stuff like that. I think there's a lot that we can learn uh, that may be very useful for those of you uh, who are listening today, who may be uh, business owners uh, or even people who are looking at starting uh, a business or expanding a business. And I'm just uh, I'm so grateful uh, to have Stephanie with us today. Uh, we believe it or not, before we push the record button, Ste- Stephanie and I were uh, were talking for about an hour and a half, and I, I was teasing her and saying, gee, I should have hit the record button. We could have had the next." couple of radio shows already done but i just uh stephanie i appreciate you so much you have uh have poured so much into my life over the time that i've known you and i just am i'm thankful that you're here today so thanks for taking the time
2: oh thank you so much gary i i always love talking with you and coming on your show so i'm looking forward to this okay so let's
1: jump right in um Let's start by making sure that kind of everybody's on the same page because there are a lot of different ideas about the topic of joint ventures and strategic partnering. So uh, tell us a little bit about exactly from your perspective what is a joint venture?
2: Sure. Joint ventures are one form of strategic partnering that will allow you to grow your business exposure, fill up your the programs that you might have, sell your products, double or triple The community that is subscribing and and buying from you, uh, get your message out, serve your clients even better than you can do on your own. But simply stated, joint ventures, also lovingly known as JVs, are a strategic alliance where two or more parties form a partnership to share markets, intellectual property, assets, knowledge, and profits. Now, many think that JVs are out of their ability because they think about really big mergers. But there are many ways that different types of businesses can form a long-term or a short-term joint venture that will significantly benefit their business. And JVs can be really super complex. Uh, such as the merger that created Verizon Communications. I mean, that was a big deal. You know, The law got involved with it. There were a lot of time that it took to do. But they can also be very simple and not require the change of your business entity type as well. So one example of a joint venture, a simple joint venture, would be this radio show. Uh, Gary's the coordinator of this particular joint venture, and he's connected with other experts that he requests, that he Respects and he interviews us. And the end result is a product of shared intellectual property, the, the end recording of this show, the airing of this show. And we all support one another's business by sharing information on this program with our respective audiences. So we get broader exposure and we help one another. Uh, so this is a, an example of a really simple joint venture because no money is exchanged between us. It's simply an exchange of intellectual property in time. The distinguishing factor in this example that makes it a joint venture is that we're sharing the intellectual property and our knowledge. Joint ventures can be for profit, but they don't have to be. So, for example, you could identify three other business types that are complementary to your business and coordinate a free newsletter. Or you may choose to do this simply for business exposure that the combined communication would bring to your business with the understanding that the clients of company A could be really great clients of yours as well and vice versa. So you're introducing audiences. So that's a real quick view of joint ventures from my perspective for today.
1: Okay, that's really interesting, and I'm glad you brought up the concept of the radio show because I was actually sitting here saying, gee, I wanted to ask you a question about that because it seems like joint ventures can go in almost as many directions as the, as the people who were creating them can think of. Uh, and that, you know, so it really opens up a, a whole world. But I'm glad that you took the time to really solidify that. Um, and I know I know from, from you, Stephanie, that you have uh, participated in a number of different types of joint ventures. So maybe the next step is for you to, you know, talk a little bit about your experiences and, and what are some of the JVs that you have successfully participated in?
2: I'd. You know, one of the best ways um, besides direct referrals from my clients for me growing my business is through doing different joint venture arrangements. And some of them have been really long term, multiple years. Some of them have been as short as a couple weeks. So for example, I have been the joint venture coordinator and the participant in teleseminars and telesummits. Um, My business is coaching and mentoring and consulting and so my knowledge and how I share my knowledge is what uh... is how I grow my business and so a really great marketing way for me is to share that knowledge in different bite-sized pieces just like this radio show today in teleseminars and telesummits it gets a little bit more complex because there's usually some kind of financial piece that goes along with that. If, if I bring leads to the program, then that somebody buys the program, then a portion of those proceeds come back to me. Um, so that's one example of uh, me spending my time, sharing my knowledge, and then also sharing in profit from the program as well. Um, list building campaigns, um, events a lot of different events where we've brought in different experts together and coordinated them and shared the expenses on the events so where there were instances where one one particular person didn't necessarily want to take on the all the expenses it takes to do a live event, but when all the funds were pooled together and everybody contributed both financially and with their time, the events were really great exposure for our business. We've done stuff like that. Um, one of my favorite joint ventures that I do on a regular basis um, is actually around extending my services by using the services of other professional businesses, so... Um, I'm in the business of helping people get their message out in a powerful way and serve with impact. And there are some things in my business that I am a pro at doing, and there are other things that I know how to do, but well, I really probably shouldn't be. And so what I've done is look at all of the areas where my clients might need help. And rather than saying, oh, I'm sorry, that, that type of service isn't something I do, I can say, you know what, that's not something I specifically do, but I have vetted specific service providers that I can recommend to you and we can partner together on a contract so that you don't have to be vetting all those different service providers yourself. In those types of JV scenarios, I end up like a general contractor would be on a big construction project where I'm bringing in different businesses, they're contracting with me and I'm project managing it um, and the joint venture partnership and and the finances um, that go along with that are all figured out on the back end so the client doesn't have to do all that work. They're getting the exact service that they need and I've coordinated through joint ventures to make sure that that happens.
1: You know that's really interesting because I do some of the same uh, some of the same stuff. Uh, I have a client as an example that I'm working with right now, uh, and uh, she initially wanted somebody to help her as a life coach. And as we got into it, what she really wanted was somebody to help with her finances because she's got some really tricky financial situations going on. And I told her, you know what, I'm not an expert at this, I'm not a certified financial planner or or anything like that. I can do the fundamental financial analysis, but then I have people in my network of contacts who are financial planners. And what I would propose that I do is I'll sit down and do the initial analysis and then I will meet with I'll meet up front with a financial planner, and then once we have discussed it, I'll connect the two of you, and he can help you take the next step.
2: Right, exactly. That's a great example. And you know, I've found there there are some businesses um, that I know the owners really well, and I know their commitment to quality. I know their delivery schedule, and um, I work really, really well with them. And with with those particular service providers. I build in their services into my contract, and then th- there's no additional contracts, you know, there's no additional confusion. There's other instances where it just doesn't make sense for their services to be a part of my contract, and in those instances, it's still a joint venture because I've we've consciously made choices to refer work to each other. So it can. the, the message here is don't limit yourself by what you think it needs to be. Make it what's going to work best for all parties involved.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Well, folks, we're dealing or we're talking with Stephanie Callahan of Callahan Solutions today. We're talking about joint ventures and strategic partnering, and we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Folks,
3: in addition to the station streaming on the Internet through our website, WSDK1550.com. We also want to alert you to our programming available on TuneIn Radio. On your mobile device, download the TuneIn Radio app. Then under the search bar, type in our call letters, WSDK. Now you'll be able to stream our programming on your device. Plus, under the menu icon, you can see our entire program schedule. Also, many of the national programs are archived, so you can go back and listen to previous broadcasts. So no matter where you are, take life-changing radio with you on TuneIn Radio.
1: So keep smiling because remember, when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. What?
3: That was our important meeting on customer service? Where was his smile when he lost the Bradley deal?
1: There's clearly a huge gulf that's been created in the arena of customer service. This gulf exists between what business owners say is their customer service philosophy and what customers are actually experiencing in their daily personal and business transactions. What's worse is that this gulf appears to be widening with the new global economy. This is Gary Smith, host of The Gary Smith Show. This gulf in what we say and what we actually do in customer service led me to write my new book, The Customer Conundrum. In The Customer Conundrum, I identify the core issues relating to the customer service gulf and then give you solid, practical advice on how you can create, maintain, and lead a truly customer-centered organization and a customer-centered life.
0: Don't lose valuable customers or contacts. Get The Customer Conundrum at Optex.com
3: continued blustery and very cold through the afternoon and tonight as well across the Connecticut Valley thanks to an arctic air mass. Mid-teens this afternoon, sub-zero wind chills tonight, actual low near 10. Partly sunny, not as cold or as windy Upper 20s tomorrow. An area of snow going by to the south early Monday may yield a couple of inches as it does so low to mid-teens. Randy Bergson with the WSDK Weather Update.
2: Life-Changing Radio, 1550 a.m
1: okay welcome back to the Gary Smith show uh, where we're talking with Stephanie Callahan about uh, joint ventures and strategic partnering really really interesting topic uh, because it applies to so many different things because you know, joint ventures can be so very very simple and I think you know Stephanie hit it on you know just something as simple as a radio show and uh, and someone uh, like me who hosts the show, Going out, making the effort to make connections with business people around the country and around the world and having them come on and share some of their expertise uh, and that sort of stuff. I mean, that's a very, very simple joint venture, but it's something that multiplies effectiveness. And so I guess the key learning out of this is don't limit your thinking. Always be open to, uh, to to ways to be able to expand your reach and to be able to add value to other people, because that's the bottom line. I mean, that's really the bottom line of the whole show here. Is uh, is adding value to people's lives, and uh, and yeah, I could come in here to the studio every every Saturday, and I could sit down and and yak about the stuff that I do, and and how uh, how I use the expertise and the training that I have. But it's so much more interesting, and it's so much more value valuable to you as a listening audience to bring in people who do things differently than I do. Now, some of the people that we have on the show are very complimentary; they're in the same line of work that I'm in. But there's a completely different twist that they that they put on things. There's a completely different set of skills that they have, and different value that they add to you as a listening audience, by virtue of the fact that they have different education and they have different life experiences and that sort of thing. So it's really really powerful, uh, in in that respect. You know, just having a great time here today. I hope you're enjoying the show. I uh, want to say thanks to Zach, my producer, who's in studio today. Um, you know, really uh, enjoy getting a chance to spend time with him every weekend as we do the show. So, but we're going to jump back in and continue our conversation with uh, with Stephanie as we uh, as we answer some other questions and deal with some other issues related to joint ventures. Okay, we're back with Stephanie Callahan of Callahan Solutions. We're talking about uh joint ventures, and uh, Stephanie, so we talked about in the first segment, you know, about what a joint venture is and some of the things that you have successfully participated in, so uh, I, I know that, uh, you know, some of the clients that you work with are, you know, are what we would refer to as solopreneurs, they're kind of sole business owners and things like that, and, uh, and I am as well, you know, I, I do consulting and coaching and things like that, so uh, when we're thinking about that sort of thing, when we're thinking about joint ventures, How do we go about looking at things? Because I'm thinking, you know, uh, if you if you're a solopreneur and you have a small business and you're making a pretty decent living, a lot of people I think maybe get hung up from the standpoint that they they tend to look at life from the viewpoint of well, there's only so much that I can do by myself, and so you know, how do we get beyond that and say, you know what, how do I multiply my, my effectiveness through joint ventures, and, and, and what kind of joint ventures, what kind of structures might be right for my business? How do we go about evaluating that?
2: I, I love that question. Thank you. And, and I'll, I'll start by saying that the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a bunch of questions at everybody, so grab a pen or a pencil, um, things, things for you to think about, and also understand that these questions are great if you're a solopreneur, but they're great if you have a, a brick and mortar business. I mean, these are all questions that are be questions that you should think about doing venturing, regardless of what your business structure is like. And there's a number of different questions uh, to figure out what's going to be right for you. So, the first thing that you should do is just really do an evaluation of what are my strengths and weaknesses, um, both personally and from the business standpoint. What are the threats and opportunities in my target market, and how can I partner to shore up those gaps? So for example, uh, let's say that you have a marketing and branding business, but you don't provide public relations services. However, you know that a number of your clients need PR support as a part of their full marketing strategy. So you now have identified PR as a gap in your business. And next, you meet with some PR companies, and you find that they don't offer the same marketing services that you offer. So you could agree to share referrals so that both firms can market full service marketing. And just like I was talking earlier, uh, you know that that could be you working like a. a general manager uh, over something, or it could be just a straight referral process. But, But do a real honest assessment of what are your gaps because where your gaps are is where your competition can get in and potentially take customers and clients away from you. So the more that you can shore up those gaps, either adding things yourself or by doing strategic partnering, the better you can serve your clients and your customers. The next question to ask yourself is, what are my values and who do I know that does business in a similar way? Now, this is really important because when you start getting into joint ventures, especially joint ventures where financial um, elements are a part of it, you want to make sure that whoever you're bringing into your fold are people that hold similar values of doing business in a similar way than you. Because even if all you're doing is referring a business that does have a reflection on you to the clients that you work with, plus you know how you want your clients to be treated. So just be really familiar with what are your values and how do you provide services and how does that compare to the people that you might be considering. The next question to ask yourself is, who are my competitors and are they better at generating revenues and reaching the marketplace than I am? And what do they have that I don't? So this is another gap analysis. Now, here's the interesting thing to this gap analysis. I overall really don't believe in competition. I mean, technically, if you got down to it, Gary and I are competitors, right? We're both coaches. We both work with small businesses. Um, There are some things that we do that are similar, some things that we do that are different. But that didn't stop me from when, when Gary invited me to come on the show saying, oh, that'd be awesome. I'd love to do some more work with you. So sometimes your competition isn't necessarily your competition. And there's a lot of things that I've done like that where I've done small programs or bigger programs where we've worked together to overall make a, a better piece. But at even at the minimum level of this, it's another great way for you to identify your gaps. Now, I'll tell you that for a lot of people looking at their competition, um, you got to let the ego go. And that's not always easy. You've got to be able to say, oh, yeah, maybe they are a little better at this part of it. But it's a really great analysis for you to do to figure out how you can shore that up. Then another question you can ask yourself is, do I need to develop a know-how which has already been developed by another company or individual? So, If you have, um, I'll I'll give you an example uh, personally here. Um, I had a client that really uh, needed a new website, needed new branding. Um, I work with clients. on helping them get their message out. And this is actually how one of my my JVs came about. Um, One of my degrees is in computer science. Could I go and learn and figure out all the new technology around websites? Absolutely. I was 100% qualified to do that. Um, and, and even potentially interested in doing that, but when I looked back at my overall business strategy, that really wasn't something I should do. And so that was, there was a know-how that was a gap for me, and so I decided to find somebody that could fill that gap that I was comfortable partnering in. Another question to ask yourself is, is there a logical business partner that could help me develop a vertical or horizontal market penetration? So looking at what you do, are there, there are business partners that could help you either go deeper into something you're already doing or spread your services farther out to offer more things? Uh, so, so far with me, Gary, I've got a few more to go. Oh, I'll tell you, it's,
1: it's really, really good stuff. And, uh, and the the depth and the power of what you're sharing is, is really interesting. And I especially like the part where you were talking about, about not believing in competition, because it's, you know, it's interesting to me that both of us feel the same way about that, you know, and, and both of us feel comfortable, we don't feel like we're interfering in each other's spaces. uh, When we do a radio show like this, or, or when we talk on the phone about things. And that to me is, is, so powerful in sharing with uh, clients and making sure that our clients get the best uh, that we have to offer. Because as you said, I mean, there, yeah, yeah, there are certain crossover points. You and I do a lot of the same stuff, but we also do a bunch of different stuff. And, right. just, and just knowing you and knowing what you do, uh, I'm the type of person that if I'm sitting with a client and the client says, well, gee, I really need you to do this. I can look at it and say, you know what? I can do that. But it's not the sweet spot of what I do. It's not one of my real strengths, but you know what? You're in luck today because I know somebody. I know Stephanie and Stephanie is really really good at this. So, I need to bring her into this picture and we have to, the three of us have to figure out how we're going to work together because she can really help you.
2: Exactly. And and the beauty of that is when you can let go of your ego, Because it really is ego-based when you're looking at competition. I know ego is a yucky word. But when when you can let that go and when you can have serving your clients be the the forte, be the focus of what you're doing, then all you're doing is making everything that much more powerful. Your clients are going to have respect for you for bringing in somebody that's really going to get them results. And they're going to remember that. They're going to remember you as a go-to person for resources, which is even stronger.
1: Well, and, and to me, it, it goes even one step further than that, and it's kind of embodied in what you're saying, and that is that there is a huge amount of trust and credibility that gets injected into that relationship that makes you the go-to person, because they can always take the attitude of, you know what, I trust Stephanie, and right. I can go to her, and I can ask her for anything, and if, she, if it's something that's in her wheelhouse that she can deliver, she will, and if not, she'll point me to somebody who can you know, so that, uh, that becomes a really important part of, of, of things. Uh, we are talking with uh, Stephanie Callahan. We need to take another quick break here, but we're going to uh, take a break, and we'll be right back and pick up with where we left off with, uh, with Stephanie's questions.
0: Hey, this is Daniel Fazzina, and I would like to invite you to join me on Divine Intervention, the interview show that features intriguing people who've experienced the hand of God in amazing ways, Sundays at 4 p.m. on WSDK. More information about the show, free downloads, and podcasts are available at our website, divineinterventionradio.com. Divine Intervention, Sundays at 4 p.m. on WSDK.
1: so many Christians today struggle when it comes to the subject of personal development and achievement. Why? Because they think that striving to do and achieve more is somehow wrong. Or maybe it's because of the prevalence of so many New Age philosophies in today's personal development arena. My name is Gary Smith, and I host The Gary Smith Show every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. right here on 1550 AM WSDK. The goal of the show is to look at both business and personal development from a Christian perspective and to give sound Bible-based advice for how you can move forward into the blessed and fulfilled life that God wants you to live. Come join me every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. for an hour of exciting exploration as we delve into a wide range of topics related to both business and personal development. That's The Gary Smith Show, every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. right here on Life Changing Radio WSDK.
3: Any sunshine this afternoon, not doing a whole lot in the temp department across the Connecticut Valley due to an Arctic air mass. Temps struggle out of the mid-teens, down to about 10 above tonight with wind chills well below zero. Partly sunny, winds moderate tomorrow, so do the temps upper 20s. An area of snow going by to the south tomorrow night Monday may yield a couple of inches. Still very cold, upper single numbers tomorrow night in the teens. Monday, Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update. 1550 AM Life Changing Radio.
1: Welcome back to the Gary Smith show where we're talking with Stephanie Callahan of Callahan Solutions about joint ventures. In the last segment Stephanie was raising a bunch of different questions and uh, I was making some notes here things that I think are really important for for us to reinforce. The first is using joint ventures to multiply your effectiveness. And that really involves getting creative With the things that you're doing uh, and really looking at how other people can add value to your business and how how you can uh, can really use that to just explode where your business is going through developing those key joint venture partnerships and really what that involves and stephanie talked about this a little bit is doing a gap analysis and i and i think a gap analysis happens in two areas one it happens in in relationship to your skills Uh, where are you right now Where is it that you want to go, and what is the gap in the skill set that you need to be able to develop, or what gap do you need to be able to fill in order to acquire the skills, and how do you go about doing that? Now, some of it can be the lifelong learning process, which we've talked about before, constantly plugging in and listening uh, you know, listening to tapes and CDs and things like that. But part of it is the joint venturing process of getting out there and starting to work with people and develop relationships with people who do the same things that you do and allow them to help and pour into your life and, and learn from the experiences that they've had. You know, the other part is the gap between, that exists between the person you are today and the person you want to become and how do you go about changing that and there again joint ventures if you're partnering with the right people can be very very powerful because it uh, they can you know you can see how other people do things and the characteristics that they have and the types of people that they are and the integrity that they have with the work that they do and you can learn a lot about that so stephanie is absolutely right when she says sometimes your competition isn't or doesn't really need to be your competition so we all need to let to set aside our egos and be willing to work with people, and with the ultimate goal, it's to serve the customer, to serve our clients and make sure that they get the value, the best value that we can give them for the money that they're investing with us. And if we do that, ultimately, I believe we'll be successful, because if we do things right, and we're doing the right things, it'll happen. Anyway, we got one more segment with Stephanie, so let's jump in and, uh, and finish up with her. Okay, we're back with Stephanie Callahan talking about joint ventures. And uh, Stephanie, the, when we took the break, we had been through several questions that you were putting out there as far as things that people should be considering um, when, they're, when they're looking at joint ventures as, as far as their business is concerned. So let's pick up with, uh, with the remaining questions that you have.
2: Absolutely. So the next question to ask yourself is, is there a company that has resources that are complementary to mine? So what, what resources does another company have that maybe could benefit in how you're servicing your customers or your clients and could you partner with them on that? Um, an example I have to that is uh, I have a, a colleague that is a traditional marketing consultant. Um, she does a lot of design work, um, a lot of physical brochures and, and that type of thing and um, she's actually partnered with a printer to be able to do uh, full-service design, printing, delivery uh, for for her clients. And she mostly uh, works with brick-and-mortar clients that have a lot of needs with uh, print print material. And she didn't want to get into the printing business, so she developed a, a partnership with a business that was already in existence, and that worked really great for them because it brought them more work as well. Another question to ask yourself is, What areas am I willing to compromise and what areas of business delivery have to be my way? And this is a really important question because a lot of us think about joint ventures and the first thing we think about is, this is great, I'm going to get more business, going to get more money, more clients, more customers, this is awesome. But we don't think about the fact that we're people and whoever we're partnering with are also people and people are generally set in their ways. So it's really important for you to be able to be conscious ahead of time of the things that you're willing to give on and the things that you're not willing to give on so that when you start having your initial conversations, you can bring that right on onto the table and make sure that the other person is comfortable living with that. Uh, I had a lawyer tell me once that partnerships are like a marriage, uh, only it's financially based. And, um that's, that's somewhat true, you know, there's give and take that you have to have in any kind of joint venture that you do. So just be really sure of what give and take you're willing to do so that there is no resentment. Another question to ask yourself is how do I feel about combining resources? Do I like to lead by myself or am I fine sharing part of the pie? For some people, joint ventures are just not the right choice in business building. And, and if you can be uh, aware of how you feel, that's really important because you won't waste precious time building out something that ultimately just is not the right model for you. Uh, another question is, do I have access to the right resources to structure my joint venture and ensure all aspects are duly covered? And that could be a lot of different things in place, um, even as simple as how do you receive the finances if it's a financial joint venture or if earlier I mentioned doing a newsletter. Well, do you have all the resources that you can do to make that happen and make sure that it's successful? Another question is, do I have access to successful business owners that have done successful joint ventures who can share their experience with me? Because it's setting up a completely different type of relationship, it's always helpful to have somebody that's done some kind of partnering that you can bounce ideas off of and say, well, does this seem reasonable or what do you think about this or what if I propose that? And somebody that you can trust that's a trusted resource to be able to, to brainstorm those things. Another question is, do I understand that going through the decision process entails sitting down and taking time to think through and write down a full-fledged joint business plan. What are we going to do together? Um, There are some people that believe that you know a a coffee and a handshake a joint venture makes. I'm not one of those people. Um, There's all kinds of studies that are out there that will tell you that when information is transferred Auditorially, you know, verbally, that things get missed more than when it's in writing. We've played the telephone game when we were kids, where one person said something to another person who said something to another person, and by the time we got down to the end of the line, the message was completely changed. When you put things in writing, what you allow to have happen is more conversation. So the things are down in writing, and the other person can look at it and go, well, that's not what I understood, and it opens up the opportunity for clearer communication. I'm not talking about something that has slews and slews of legalese. It doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Just something that you have in place to make sure that everybody really is on the same page. And again, you don't avoid resentment later. But you have to be ready to do that. You have to be prepared for the time investment to do that. Then, is my company in need of more credibility is another great question to ask. So do I know a potential joint venture company that has the level of credibility that I'm seeking? Maybe you're new in business, or maybe you've been in business for a really long time and now you're opening up another location where you're not as well known. And so there are things that you can do by partnering up with different people to bolster your credibility, bolster your you know, know like, and trust factor to help you out in that way. Um, do I have the support I need to go through this type of change in my business life? Anytime you build a new relationship, You have to have a support structure in place to let you do that. If your business is really in flux and really, really complex and a lot of crazy things going on, maybe it's not the right time to start a joint venture. Maybe it is. Make sure that you have the right support structure in place to to help you get through that as well.
1: You know, and and kind of in line with that, too, I mean, one of the things that sprung into my mind as you were talking about that last question, Stephanie, is the whole concept of do you have the infrastructure in your business? Because uh, a lot of times, you know, joint ventures are looking at, you know, how do I grow my business? So if I'm partnering with somebody or JVing with somebody with the idea that my business is going to grow, do I have the infrastructure available to me to support that growth?
2: Exactly. How did you know what my next question was going to be? Oh, It's like you sorry. read my line. No, 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 no. That's awesome. See, everybody, I told you, we're in sync. This is awesome. And that's exactly right. I mean, infrastructure makes a really big difference. I had one client that was really interested in doing uh, some knowledge sharing and, and creating a product with another business owner and they had gotten all excited. And my one my, my, my question was, well, okay, so far in your business, the only way that you collect money is people writing you checks. Um, who are you going to take credit cards? Are you going to have merchant services? How are you going to divide that money? How are you going to record the payments coming in? Are, you know what's the structure you're gonna have in place? And that's just a really simple infrastructure piece, but it's absolutely something that you wanna make sure that you have in place or have a plan to get it in place. Sometimes you don't have the infrastructure in place and that's why you need the joint venture. Um, but it's an absolutely right, right on question to ask Gary. Um, and then the, the last question that I would encourage you to do is who are the right partners for your type of business? Because there are a number of ways to put together JVs when you think out of the box and look at how you can create wins for your customer, wins for your partner, and wins for you. That win-win-win situation is what we're going for here. And thinking through how everyone can benefit is really essential. So try to discover all the alliance possibilities that exist for your business. And what I would encourage you to do is don't limit yourself at first. Just brainstorm. Have fun with it. It would be really cool if and fill in the blank, because you never know, it could actually happen. And you don't have to pursue all of them, but if you start with the possibilities, it makes it really easy to determine priority. So start by these three things. Number one, who are at least five prospective partners, based on the questions that I asked here earlier? Number two, what are five ways that the partnership could create a win-win-win and number three, what are the five ways that you could implement a JV, and then be open for them having ideas too? So those are all the questions.
1: Wow, that's uh, that's amazing. Because the, the thing that impresses me about that is you've been so thorough in covering uh, so many points, which is which is really really cool. Uh, there is one other point that I want to kind of grab onto today, and you sort of talked around it because I, I and I agree completely. I think that. So much of the time, uh, if you if are JV or if any business deal from that standpoint is based on a cup of coffee and a handshake, um, yeah, it, it's it's asking for disaster. Uh, mm-hmm. because uh, not only you know not only is a, is it a matter of you know you really haven 't put it down on paper and really looked at it to see what has been covered, what hasn 't been covered, what questions need to be asked, but people tend to be very selective in their memories uh, mm-hmm. when you move forward and <laughs> yeah. and and sometimes people will come back and say, "Well, I never agreed to that." Uh, so from that standpoint, let's talk just a little bit about the legal. Do you need formal legal agreements if you're going partic- to participate in a JV, or is a simple written signed agreement between the two parties sufficient?
2: Well, I know a number of businesses. You know, I mentioned a minute ago that the, the verbal con- conversation and the handshake, but I just, I don't recommend it. I know that there are many people that shy away from anything that avo- that involves legal garble, and it makes them very uncomfortable. But creating those win-win-win situations involves thinking through the possible outcomes and having a plan for how to handle them. And you do that best when you're writing stuff down. Well, what might happen? What might not happen? Who's going to do what? Um, even with simple, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier in the show, a simple email you know, two, three businesses, four businesses get together and create a a combined uh, newsletter that goes out to all of the audiences, you still have coordination things. Who's who's actually going to do the newsletter? Who's going to write it? What are due dates? You know, what are expectations? And when you have all those expectations laid out clearly, then there can't be that selective memory that Gary talked about. And time after time, you know, studies have shown that the exact same conversation can be interpreted differently. So... Having key decisions in writing ensures that everyone's on the same page. Now, if you're in a simple joint venture, so that newsletter thing that I was talking about a minute ago, it, it, where there's no financial impacts ha- or things happening between clients, a, a one pager, you know, a one page document outlining who's responsible for production, distribution, and deadline dates may be all you need just to make sure everybody's on the same page. However, when you start getting into agreements that involve your clients or an exchange of money, it's always a good idea to have everything detailed out so that there's no misinterpretation. So for example, let's say you're that marketer again that uh, was partnering with the PR agency, the example I gave earlier. Uh, do you tell your client that part of the work is being done by someone else or not? That's a choice. For the sake of consistency, how much do you choose to explain to your clients that something's being done by somebody else, or how much do you tell it's another company? Even those simple things should be worked out up front. There are some uh, businesses using this exact example with the marketing stuff where they'd say, well, no, we're, um, we're contracting you, you're still a part of our company, we'll give you an email with our company, we'll give you a business card with our company. When you come to our stuff with our clients, you are representing us, but we're paying you as a separate entity. Other businesses are uh, different transparency. Um, When when I do work like that, I let my clients know, well, you know, I am going to suggest that we bring in so-and-so, she owns this business, here's all her qualifications, this is why I love her, this is why I think she would be fabulous for your project. I will manage it, the contract will be through me, but the person actually doing the work is somebody that has their separate business. There's not a right or wrong to that. It's just a matter of making sure that you all have those types of decisions made and then you have them in writing. Uh, The more detailed the project and the more integrated the businesses, the more you should consider talking with a lawyer that understands partnerships and can walk you through the potential pitfalls and considerations for what might go wrong. Um, that's you know, lawyers are great for that because they've seen a lot, a lot more than you have, and they can say, well, you know, two years ago there was this partnership that was similar to yours, and here's what happened, and you guys haven't thought about that. So how do you want to handle it? It doesn't always have to be adversarial. It's really being planful and mindful of how are you going to choose to handle different situations. Addressing those things up front builds a solid foundation for successful partnerships and allows a smooth flow and what ifs to happen. And and when things are, are more complex or more integrated, the other thing you want to make sure to have built into any kind of agreement is how you're going to get out if stuff doesn't work out. And that's another place where um, legal representation can help you talk those things through. So, in terms of do you need a legal formal agreement or you don't? My recommendation is the more complex it, it gets, the more you do. Um, so, yeah, that's...
1: especially when it comes to the exit, you know, the exiting mm-hmm. strategy, because I mean, there will be some joint ventures that will go on for an extended period of time. I mean, it could be a permanent arrangement where it's a JV that goes on for the next 20 years. It could right. be another thing where we're going to be together for the next six months, and at the end of Project ABC, the joint venture is going to be dissolved. But in either one of those situations, you have to have some sort of a plan that that addresses things like, okay, I'm one half of the JV, and we get three months into a six-month project, and I decide I don't want to do this anymore. Right. You know, what you know? What are the consequences for doing that? You know, what is the process by which I extract myself? Or another thing is, is we get three months into a six month project and I become disabled or I die, and I'm mine. And as a solopreneur, my skills are no longer available. What happens then?
2: And and that's it, and those are I love those examples because that's exactly the type of thing where I say the more the more. Um, complex, the longer term that the agreement is, the more you want to have either someone else that's had a lot of experience with JVs that you can bounce things off of, or legal representation to help you think through the what-ifs. Because we don't think through what-ifs. But you're going to be much better off if you think of those things up front. Because when you're hit with them in when you're in a state of urgency, then you can't think as clearly. If you're in a clear space and you're thinking about them up front, you say, well, how will we handle it? If this happens, how will we handle it? If that happens, then you're very clear headed. You can both agree emotions aren't involved and everything just ends up being much cleaner for everybody involved.
1: Excellent. Well, we're at the end of our time together, Stephanie, but I wanted to give you just a couple of minutes to kind of, uh, you know, tell everybody who you are, how they can connect with you, uh, and uh, and just, you know, let them know what, uh, what you're all about.
2: Oh, thank you for that opportunity. Well, I'm Stephanie Callahan, and you can find me on stephaniecallahan.com. And I am on all the different social media sites possible and I love connecting with people I am not somebody that just publishes when you talk to me I talk right back and we build some great relationships in fact I'm pretty sure that's how Gary and I connected uh, you know, through, through relationships and, and talking and, and building those relationships but the work that I do is I work with purpose-driven entrepreneurs to help them embrace their brilliance and get their message out with power ease and joy and leverage the brilliance that they have so that they can make a powerfully positive difference in the world, exponentially up-level their profits, and boldly build a business around who they are rather than who they think they need to be in this world.
1: Wow, that's powerful, uh, especially the part of being who we are instead of who we think we need to be. Uh, that that's uh, that's really cool. Well, Stephanie, I'm I am uh, I'm just so blessed to uh, you know to have you as a friend and a sister in Christ. I really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, I know this is the second time on the show, but I want to do this again.
2: <laughs> that that's good by me. You know, I've got a lot of topics, so we can do that. I would love it.
1: Okay, well, thanks again for being on the show, and we'll stay in touch. And I'll talk with you soon.
2: Okay, take care everybody.
1: All right, so that was our interview with Stephanie Callahan of Callahan Solutions. I hope you folks uh, found that to be really uh, meaningful. Uh, Stephanie is uh, is is Really dedicated to sharing a lot of great content, and she poured a lot of stuff out there, so I hope you folks had your notebooks out and you were taking notes about uh, about what she was saying. Uh, you will be able to, uh, if you go to Optex.com, uh, which is my website, uh, probably by the end of the day tomorrow, Stephanie's broadcast will be posted there. You'll be able to get the link uh, to SoundCloud, and uh, you'll be able to listen to the uh, to the broadcast again. Uh, it really bears listening listening to more than once in order to get all of the stuff that, uh, that she covered. But uh, just as we wrap up here, so a couple of thoughts that I had is, is uh, you know, and it's really, really true, is take the time. If you're going to go into, uh, you know, to something that uh, even is remotely complex as far as a JV, make sure you document things, write stuff down uh, so that everybody has an agreement about, about what's going on. And, and look at things. I mean, I think we all tend to look at business ventures from the standpoint of what are the upsides versus what are the downsides. Uh, so I think we need to take a realistic approach to things that are going on, and not look at it negatively, but ask ourselves, you know, questions about well, what happens if things don't work out as we have planned? Uh, as I mentioned during the broadcast, what happens if uh, you know if somebody gets sick, uh, or if somebody you know decides that they need to move on and do something else, uh, or for whatever reason they cannot participate? What are the implications of that, and how are those gaps going to be filled, and how does that affect the joint venture agreement? And and especially when uh, when you're talking about a joint venture where you have people putting in money on both sides to be able to make stuff happen, uh, if that doesn't happen, what are the financial implications of that? And and who's going to be responsible for what? And do it uh, while it's not emotional. Do it while you have a very very clear head, so that uh, so that if anything needs to be dealt with, it's all documented. Everybody's agreed to it, and and we know exactly what's going on. Uh, we're going to uh, wrap up the show for today, but uh, as we do, I want to uh, I talk to you just a little bit about the next few shows that we have coming up. Next week, uh, we have Karen Hines, who's a local business owner in Waterbury, and we're going to be talking about uh, avoiding career pitfalls. And then the following week will be Mary, Meredith Elliott Powell. Uh, Meredith has been on the show before. Uh, she is an author and she has just, or is just in the process of releasing, I think it's coming out in March, a new book called Just Own It instilling ownership at every level. We're going to be talking to her about the philosophies and the approaches behind her new book. On February 21st, we'll have Laurieann Mirabito. Laurie's been on the show before, and we're going to be talking about leadership characteristics and qualities. Uh, So those are the next few shows. We're going to have a great time. I hope you'll uh, mark it on your calendars and, and join us every Saturday morning here. If you do have any questions or anything like that, uh, feel free to email me during the week at questions at uh, I'm here for you. I'm here to help in any way that I possibly can. So with that, we'll put a bow on another edition of The Gary Smith Show. Once again, thanks to Zach Hutchinson for being in studio with me today. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of the weekend. Live your life on purpose, and I'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, Optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you.